welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, and we'll hear from our seminarian, Michael Drell, as he preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. Imagine this scene. You are standing in line at an airport. The line is long. And you are towards the end of hundreds of people having arrived back at the airport for a second day after just a short night's sleep. You're wearing the same clothes as yesterday, (laughs) right down to your underwear and socks. In fact, your luggage remained at the airport somewhere, having been fully loaded onto a canceled flight, then unloaded, but not returned. In fact, you wouldn't see your suitcase again for many days, but you don't yet know this part of the saga. (laughs) There was another plane leaving a similar time yesterday, which was also canceled. And all of us weary travelers are back again, trying to get seats on replacement flights, which it turned out did not exist anyway. Now, this line isn't really moving. There are grumblers like me around, (laughs) and we share noises and gestures of frustration and disbelief, sometimes linking up with each other to share our stories of suffering and injustice. Some people are crying, and others having heated conversations on their mobile phones, trying to reroute their journeys before reaching the distant desks. There is tension and exhaustion in the air. Now, at this point, some people in uniforms take a segment of the line from the back to be served first at newly opened desks, with more people in uniforms behind them. The grumblers start up again, and I join them. There are particularly angry people towards the front of the original line who shout things with fists in the air, or this hand motion, which means, but what the heck? (laughs) Where are you in these responses? As I said, I was a grumbler, and I couldn't wait to find others to grumble and commiserate with. We actually knew each other from yesterday when we waited all afternoon (laughs) and into the night as the flights were continuously delayed with little information offered to us at the gates. Not only did the people with uniforms take folks from the back of the line to newly serving desks, they had done this once yesterday. And one more time before I was And they did it today one more time before I was overcome with a certain form of self-righteousness. I was overcome by the idolatrous spirit of reverence for the rules of lines. (laughs) I walked over to one of the uniformed people to explain that theirs was a bad practice. (laughs) It felt unfair to us all. And I pointed out that there were plenty of those barricade ribbon stand things to rope off a path 
guiding the patient, deserving people at the front of the line to continue on to the fresh desks rather than this current fiasco. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The parallel is almost too literal. But the gospel message, which I was failing miserably to live into, is a story of charitable spirit. Where was mine? In fact, those at the back of the line had arrived later. They were slower in the morning for all sorts of possible hardships that may have meant justice was really being served by the seemingly unfair methods of managing these lines. I was feeling uncharitable, but that only makes sense in retrospect, because at the time, intoxicated by pride in that moment, it felt like we were not being fairly rewarded for the efforts, energies, and time we had invested. I had rushed my breakfast at the hotel. <laughs> Revisiting this incident and spending time with Matthew's gospel brings back childhood memories, too. I remember vividly, though not even what age I was exactly, my father's voice saying something that my mind had to grapple with for the first time. Michael, who told you life is fair? Now, I can't even remember the context of this story or how I must have been frustrating him with my self-centered and childish sense of a just world. I don't know how well-developed my sense of charity was back then, but by that age, I certainly already had a well-developed sense of my entitlement and a misguided sense that the world was a fair place. I could depend on my expectations being met often enough that my father's question came as a jolting shock. Now, I'm not really sure how sinful it was for me to take the action of speaking with airline employees about the unjust line issue. There are considerations on all sides, but I know now much better than I could feel then that my spirit of charity was lacking. I felt like there weren't enough seats for us all to get home. I missed our dog, and I was already fed up with the journey home. I was already fed up, and there were many more hours of travel to go, even once the unknown flight eventually took off. Matthew 20 contains political critique and rich messages about work, economics, utility, and instrumentalism. There are metaphors that can be drawn about the vineyard owner as God, and both our work and rewards never really separate from that which God gives us in love and equally. What is clear is that God's grace and our capacity for a developed charitable spirit is not fair. In fact, it goes well beyond fairness. Also clear is that despite the evils of historical and current economic systems, this story obviously spoke to first century listeners, as it does to us now and everyone in between. In fact, this story in Matthew's Gospel starts out, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, 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 suggesting the human tendencies highlighted in Matthew 20 will be recognizable for some time to come. <laughs> but so will our truly missional work, and this work is about empowering us to overcome these human tendencies. 
There is something perpetual as we struggle working out where our heart perceives from in relation to charity, justice, and fairness. Let's be clear, the love of Christ and the way of Jesus is not based in worldly economies, but the wellspring of grace, open to all at all times, regardless of what has gone before, regardless of what is deserved, and regardless of what seems fair to my small, frustrated mind. While talking to a fellow seminarian this week about this gospel, I asked him, so is the good news just that we are all in the same boat with this stuff? He said, well, yeah. We talked about how grace isn't fair, and charity is not about what's deserved. A truly charitable, generous heart is uninterested in these questions. Just recognizing the abundance of grace overflowing, the truly generous heart desires only to have that grace shared. In verse 15, we heard, are you envious? Which is translated literally as, is your eye evil? There's no doubt in my mind that I and those other grumblers at the airport were seeing things not from any awareness of Christ's abundant love, but through the evil lens of scarcity and envy. There's also no doubt for me that there was another option for my experience of the airport situation. At each moment, there was a different and better option. Another quick story, all this brought back to memory, is one of a working bee where I was involved in helping a family cut hay from a few of their paddocks. They had invited anyone to come help and would provide dinner. There wasn't a start time posted on the flyer or the email, and people really showed up throughout the day. There were people of varying ages and abilities. The work felt fast, and there was always someone to lend a hand with any task you approached. Most of us were just moving and stacking bales of hay on truck beds or in sheds. It turns out that there were a few people up in the kitchen cooking that afternoon. Others had brought desserts to share, and there were seemingly endless cans of beer in the two large claw-footed bathtubs at the house. Those who arrived later were actually the ones who volunteered to clean up after the meal, and the day working together extended well into the night as it became a party. This memory makes me wish I could know more of the vineyard workers' story. Maybe the workers in Matthew's gospel celebrate together after reassessing their grumbling. Maybe the workers who arrived late are so grateful for one denarius for one hour, they prepare an evening meal for those most tired. Maybe the tired and sweaty grumblers take the comments of the vineyard owner well, and they dine and dance together in festal fellowship for the harvest. In your own engagement with this gospel story, I encourage you to discern its meaning for you allowing your memories and imagination to carry the story further forward and backwards. How can our understanding of charity and God's grace change outcomes as things play out? And how do these understandings change the way that we observe, remember, and experience our life? Maybe this even feels like an important process to undertake, especially now, 
as we come into stewardship season and the holidays and all the festivities of various faiths within our community approaching this winter. <laughs> 